Hello, welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey, Jonathan, how's it going? Hey, we're in the same room this week. How about that? We are. You're we in are. town. Very rare, yes. And we're in the studio here at the building, and yes. we are recording live in the same place, which doesn't happen often. It's actually, it's pretty weird. I think the only times that we've done this have been at the annual meeting. It's, it's happened a couple other times, like we've recorded at Southeastern. Right, A couple of times right. when I've been on campus there. We've that's done right. one or two at Lifeway or something like that back in the day, but... It, this is this very... Is, you probably count even, on two hands. Right. The I don't even times. know how to interact. It's weird. Yeah. We're not seeing each other across Zoom. But hey, yes. I won't be here for long. And well, neither will you because right. you're flying back to Raleigh tonight and I'm headed to vacation. Yes, you are. So. And uh, kind of interesting from... We, we discussed it last week already. Yep. Headed to Dollywood. Yes. Headed to Dollywood. Got all that squared away. Yes. It takes a little more effort these days to, to get to Dollywood because reservations, COVID-19, all that. It's, it's not like you just buy tickets and show up anymore. That's that's what I hear. But it's all taken care of. It'll be good. We're going to have fun. I'm looking forward to a week away with the family. And I know you're looking forward to getting back to Raleigh. I am. I am. I've missed my family uh, all week, been gone several days. So very excited to get back to all them. Right. Well, hey, let's jump into the show this week. And once again, thank our sponsor each and every week. SBC This Week is sponsored by Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, where you can get the theological training and the hands-on experience you need to thrive in ministry. Wherever and however God is calling you to serve the church and fulfill the Great Commission, Southwestern offers a degree path to equip you. Whether you are pursuing a bachelor, master's, or doctoral degree, Southwestern Seminary is here to walk alongside you as you live your calling. Learn more at swbts.edu. So big news out of Texas this week. Amy, uh, it hit Religion News Service. Our friend Bob Smetana over at Religion News Service kind of broke this earlier in the week. But Beth Moore announced uh, that she has departed from Lifeway doing books and publishing and uh, events as well, and uh, no longer considers herself Southern Baptist. That's right. The way she said it was, I am still a Baptist, uh, but I can no longer identify with Southern Baptists. I love so many Southern Baptist people, so many Southern Baptist churches, but I don't identify with some of the things in our heritage that haven't remained in the past and then kind of expanded on that in the RNS article. So what that means, if maybe you can explain what that means as far as ending the affiliation with Lifeway, because people will still be able to purchase her books. Yeah. So Lifeway had published her books, the studies, those kind of things, done her events, Living Proof Live. She's basically brought that all in-house, from right. what I understand. So Living Proof Live is, her company is doing the events themselves, the book publishing going through them. Lifeway still will distribute books. Right. You can still purchase the books from Lifeway, from Amazon, just like you could Last week, I mean, because this this wasn't didn't happen this week. It just kind of broke publicly this week. Right. So uh, you'll be able to get best stuff at the same places that you've always been able to get her stuff. Right. Yes. But it, this was definitely a, um, a, I guess it it was kind of a bombshell. It was a it was a yeah. tough thing. It was the number two story on all of the Washington Post the other night? Right. I saw that it broke the RNS website. Like yes. their, their website crashed because of the overload. And it tr- so, and we yeah. were we you know. Along, Beth Moore, along with Southern Baptist, was trending on Twitter nationally for about six or seven hours. Yeah. We were we were watching that the other yeah, Tuesday was a big day. day. Yes, and I was getting, of course, texts and yeah. calls, things uh, from friends all over the place. So definitely, um, definitely the thing that everyone is talking about and really continuing to process. Just not just what it means. I mean, we was we just talked about what that means, sort of. For me individually, I can still buy the books, things like that. But really processing what she said, 
Um, and then I think for a lot of women, a lot of women are sort of processing how they fit into um, how they fit into this into Southern Baptist life as they listen to 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 her decision. Yeah. And we had some uh, a lot of public discussion about this, uh, some helpful and then some not so much. Uh, but we had some really good statements from both Ronnie Floyd, the president and CEO of the executive committee, as well as J.D. Greer, the president of the Southern Baptist Convention. Dr. Floyd uh, tweeted out, quote, the positive spiritual influence Beth Moore has had on the SBC is immeasurable, and I'm thankful for her and her continued ministry. God has used her to shape a movement of women committed to the local church and the word of God. It saddens me to hear from those like Beth who no longer feel at home within our convention. At any given time in our convention, there are countless opinions about theology, ministry, and culture. The Southern Baptist Convention should be a home for all who share a common mission and doctrine as outlined in the Baptist faith and message, and I'm committed to making it feel like home for all who wish for it to be. Uh, J.D. Greer, his statement, uh, a few more tweets was, I have loved and appreciated Beth Moore's ministry and will continue to in the future. Personally, she has been an encouragement to me, and I will always be grateful. I'm grieved anytime someone who believes in the inerrant scripture shares our values and desires to cooperate says that they don't feel at home in our convention. When I first allowed my name to be nominated for president, I said we did not need to change our doctrine or our mission. We needed to change our culture. My time as president has shown me that the vast majority of Southern Baptists are ready to walk into the future unified around the Great Commission. Sadly, it's many of our leaders that seem bent on pulling us apart. My prayer is that this news will cause us to lament, to pray, and to come to Nashville, rededicating ourselves to be Great Commission Baptists who keep the gospel above all, and to become a convention united around the message that Jesus is the only way. Yep, th- those are two pretty strong statements there. And I'll just say, in terms of my own reaction to this, first of all, and I I said this uh, on Twitter, is the one little thing I said was just that so many SBC women have been blessed by the ministry and the person of Beth Moore. And so I, I would imagine that many can remember a statement she made, a sentence she wrote, or an interaction with her that the Lord used to make a difference. And I, I certainly remember what that moment was for me. That's a memory um, from a few years back that is just held very near and dear in my heart. And I do think in those statements sort of say that, that this is potentially a real soul-searching time for us, and um, we we have to do that. But uh, this week, I've really just tried to step back and, you know, feel sad and then also really reflect on how grateful I am for her and for all that she has contributed. We we will have no way of knowing this side of heaven, the impact that she has had on churches through what she uh, has done and how she has taught and discipled so many women. So I think uh, the biggest question or the biggest thing in my mind as I think about this is knowing how many women I've either seen comment or have heard from personally who have resonated with some of the things that she said. And knowing that, I think we have to ask the question, why? I think we have to want to know that. We want to know why do people resonate uh, with what she has said and what do we need to do in, in making space uh, that it doesn't feel and that it doesn't feel some of the ways um, that she articulated. So um, anyway, we're, well, I just, I can say I'm incredibly grateful for her and praying for her this week. And um, yeah, it's just tough. Yeah, tough. It was a heavy, heavy day on Tuesday. So uh, a, a lot of uh, lamenting, as JD said, 
in his quote there. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that, see if there's anything else uh, that may pop up related to this story. If so, we'll bring it to you on a future episode of SBC This Week. Over to Guidestone, Amy. Guidestone trustees gathered on March 1st for their winter 2021 meeting. It was on Zoom. So it was their second full board meeting on Zoom in the last year because of the pandemic. And they re-elected Chair Renee Trawick, as well as John Hoychik of Louisiana, who's the vice chair for another one-year term. And uh, O.S. Hawkins declared this year, you know, he does a little yearly theme every year. That's right. A year of beginning again. And chose Acts 13.36, uh, kind of a nod to what we'll talk about kind of at the end of the story and, and why it's a year of beginning again. But right. uh, some good news out of this, uh, they reported that 2020 was a record year for Mission Dignity. So even with the pandemic, a record year for Mission Dignity, $10.4 million was provided to retired pastors and widows in 2020. Almost $200 million has been raised over the life of Mission Dignity. That, that is a That's staggering incredible. number and a testimony to the, the leadership of O.S. Hawkins. So, uh, Dr. Hawkins, you know, way to go, man. Absolutely. I was actually thinking about Mission Dignity this week. My dad and I, because I stay with my parents when I'm in town, my dad and I were, were talking about just some of the trends through the years in retirement plans, things like that. And uh, my grandfather, who died about 20 years ago or just uh, almost 20 years ago, was a, a minister, you know, from the time he was in his 20s all the way until he died. And and uh, there there were definite, even after he died, needs for my for my grandmother, just because the way the the way that people were able to be prepared was just very different. And so whenever I think about my grandparents, I always think about the ministry of mission dignity. They didn't have anything like that in their denomination, but how important that is for families. And so it's it's great. I was thinking about how thankful I was for them this week. Yep. And uh, like we said, a year of beginning again, the presidential search committee, which was announced last September, they provided a brief update to trustees and said that their goal is to have identified the future leader of Guidestone by the 2021 Southern Baptist Convention annual meeting scheduled here in June in Nashville. So a couple of months to that, I mean, we're, we're under the 100-day mark. We, we went over the 100-day mark, Amy, on Sunday. So we're less than 100 days away, and they are saying that they'll be able to identify and maybe even you know name who that future leader will be by the annual meeting here in June. All right. All right. Speaking of that annual meeting, Don Currents. Uh, many of you know Don has served as the registration secretary before. Going to be doing it this year because uh, Kathy Litton stepped down earlier. We mentioned that as a result of one of the executive committee actions just a couple of weeks ago at their meeting. But Don Currents is going to be nominated officially for the SBC registration secretary spot at the annual meeting in Nashville. Yes. And this is actually a pretty cool announcement because... Kathy Litton's doing the announcing. She's doing the announcing. She yeah. will be she's nominating nominate him. him. Yes. So this is is actually a really neat story and just full circle. And uh, that, as you said, Kathy Litton, Kathy Litton was elected to the position in 2019, and never uh, got to serve. Well, I mean, in, well, she at did. the convention, right, yeah. right, because actually she has been serving because she's been on the credentials. Committee. That's right. One thing that the registration secretary does now with the development of the credentials committee it actually the reg- puts the registration secretary on it so she's been serving but just not serving at an annual meeting now and uh, it's it's really some great quotes in this story where she just talks about how uh, happy she is to be nominating him and uh, said immediately after the the immediately after the election they met to discuss the transition and 
that she said, that is when I began to learn just who this man was. Understandably, he was disappointed, yet he couldn't have been more gracious as he extended the most generous spirit of cooperation to me. And then she goes on to to tell a little bit more about that. So I just think this is a, a really great full circle moment. Yeah. And I am looking forward to that speech. Yeah, should be a good one. So, and, and uh, you know, mentioning nominations in June, we do have the fourth and final interview series at Baptist Press from our presidential candidates. Well, fourth and final. Well, for now. As of now. That's yes. right. I'm, you're, you're correct. Yes. We have our fourth interview. Fourth. And we think final. We think final, but, but who knows? we don't know. We don't, we don't know. Nobody knows. There's three months left, Exactly. Folks. All right. So it's over at Baptist Press with Randy Adams. You can check out that interview over at Baptist Press. We mentioned uh, the Ed Lydon one last week. I think a few weeks ago we had Mike Stone and last fall. Uh, was the the Albert Muller one from back in November, I think, whenever we ran that. So because he got out in front early, so uh, we we got that one over and done with. But uh, these other ones, uh, you know, we've got them out now, so you can check out the entire series over at Baptist Press. Some news: Amy down in Alabama, Samford University has got a new president, Beck A. Taylor. That's right. So that was just announced on March 10th, so just a uh, middle middle of this week. That will be effective July. First, and uh, he succeeds Andrew Westmoreland, who is retiring um, after being president since 2006. Beck Taylor is currently the president of Whitworth University, but he it came from Sanford before. He was the dean and professor of economics for the Brock School of Business from 2005 to 2010. So, in some ways, uh, he's just he's coming back. After going and, and serving, uh, he left Samford to go be president of Whitworth University. And so now he will be the president of Samford. All right. Well, hey, you know that uh, 19th president. So you think about, you know, we, we talked, I think Adam Greenway was like the ninth president at Southwestern, and it's like just over 100 years. Do you know when Samford was founded? No. 1841. Wow. It's an old school. It's over a hundred and well, one hundred eighty years now. One hundred eighty years old. Yes. So that that is a rich heritage. Um, you know what the first name of the uh, college was? What? Howard College. Okay. Named after the duck. No. No, it wasn't named after the duck. Howard College, named after John Howard. He was an English advocate of prison reform, and it was named in honor of him. And in nineteen sixty five, they changed the name. So it's, it was one hundred and twenty four years. It was Howard College, and in 1965, they changed the name to Samford University in honor of Frank Park Samford. So Samford has been around since 65, so it's only 55 years old, 56 years old. The Samford part is, but the entire institution, 180 years. Kind of cool. And that's your lesson on Samford history from my other podcast, Samford History, this week. Okay. So. I'll be... Probably not <laughs> listening to that, but I'm just, I'm, you know, maybe. Yes. Well, anyway, congratulations to Dr. Taylor on the new position. Uh, that's exciting for him. And I know we got a lot of Sanford graduates, Beeson graduates in the SBC, so uh, I know a lot of them were excited to see that. Okay, and finally, folks, we want to close the loop on something involving Ravi Zacharias. That was a story that we brought to you a couple of weeks ago. Uh, the full investigation report was brought, and I found credible evidence of a long pattern of abusive behavior by Zacharias, including coercing massage therapists at a spa he co-owned to perform sexual acts. Well, they have announced this week that they're changing the name and changing the focus of the ministry, uh, really to focus on evangelism and helping 
victims of abuse. So they're going to reboot the organization. The full story is over at Baptist Press. So uh, I know we talked about that. We said if we had anything new on that, we'd bring it to you. So here we are, bringing it to you. All right. So that's going to do it for our news this week and bring me to my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. All right. We're going to go to 1962 for a special day in the life of Baptist Press. Oh, okay. What, did they get like a computer or something that day? Uh, No. Although that might have been around that time. (laughs) Um, So March 10th was when it was announced. Is that when Art Tolston started? (laughs) Art, if you're listening, I apologize for that joke. (laughs) I want it to be clear that I did not make it. We love you, Art. That was the, the week it was announced on March 10th that Baptist Press was accredited for coverage of the White House. Oh, wow. Yeah. What? What? what, We've lost the White House. We've lost the UN. Like all these places we used to have access to. Very big deal. So it said of more, (sighs) there were more than 1,200 correspondents accredited by the White House. I wonder if we're still accredited. Only the National Catholic Welfare Conference, the Jewish Telegraph Agency, and the Lutheran Layman's League at that time, oh were, yeah, the triple the L, they, they were the only ones that had been in the group as far as from religious denominations. But when this is announced, the Religious News Service and Christian Science Monitor have, were also accredited. But in terms of denominations, it was those three, and then Baptist Press got accredited. So uh, what? I, I, apparently, there were kind of some steps that. You had to get accreditation in the press galleries of the Senate and the House of Representatives before you could get White House accreditation, and they had they had achieved that in 1961, and so then in 1962 they got White House accreditation. So it was kind of a big deal. And um, W. C. Fields, who is a longtime editor of Baptist Press, is uh, for those in Baptist journalism, that's a very um, very well-known name. He he said this was another milepost in the expansion and maturity of religious journals in American life. So it was really not just about Baptist Press, but it was also about religious news in general, kind of having a place in the media in America. So it was kind of a big deal. This would have been in the Kennedy administration. And uh, being in, in March 1962, so it was very, very cool. Um, Barry Garrett was the regional editor in Washington at the time, so he would have been like our White House correspondent, for lack of a better you know thing. He worked at the Joint Com- Baptist Joint Committee on Public Affairs. So anyway, I think it's it's pretty cool. That is pretty neat. I wonder, yeah. man. Now get that back. If if we cool. were to get it. Back, I would. Your, your I would love tribute. to be yeah, I bet the do. White House correspondent. I am the. I am this one staff member that lives closest to the White House, as it's you know, I mean Raleigh's not right down the street, no. but it it is. You know, I could take the take the train up there, yeah. things like that. Um, but anyway, this is the second time within a month you've lobbied for the train to Nashville or to Washington. Hey, any chance I get, any chance I get. So anyway, very cool. Baptist Press is is known by many now. And, uh, you know, George Schroeder does an incredible job leading that Absolutely. team. Uh, but I just wanted to say it, it really was getting some national recognition in 1962, this week in SBC history. And that's cool. Yeah. We need to be credited for that. I mean, we're going to the Olympics. We go to the... Super Bowl every year. Right. I mean, we've got all these other accreditations. I don't know, so. but I bet we're not going to the Olympics this year. They just announced no overseas spectators. We've already so. made that call. Okay. 
I missed that. We're, we're not going. Okay. We can't. There you go. It just it's just not gonna work out. The yeah. because of the access that Tim in Ellsworth, who does the right. Olympic coverage, would right. need. It just they don't have that access. It's not really worth the uh the investment that it would take to do it. Right. So I would love you know, I love Tokyo, so yes. I would have gone. Yeah. You volunteer for tribute as it, it all these travel things. Right. I, I'm, so I'm far, on to you. I am so on to you. So far I've not gotten any of the no, assignments. You haven't, but I'm on to you. Because I know what I know what this is about. I did. I did get one assignment when there was that meeting in Raleigh, about twenty minutes from my house. There was an IMB meeting. Oh, yes. And you all found out it was yeah. about twenty minutes from my house, so I got assigned to that one. <laughs> Amy, go cover this meeting at this church right down the street. Right. Yes. So, and we're not covering your mileage. Right. <laughs> <laughs> at least they served lunch at the meeting. Yes. I got some mos. Yeah. Oh, God. So. <laughs> We, we should have covered your mileage for that. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking about that. All right. Well, that's really neat. And uh, I, I wonder if we'll find another one where they lost their their uh, accreditation. Or it just one of those things where they just didn't need it anymore. It's possible. Yeah. I, I so, actually, I don't, I, that's know, I, don't know how that, I don't know how that works. It may it may have to do with the person. So it could be that after he was, I'm, I'm not really sure. Yeah. We should, we should research that. We, we may. All right. Well, hey, let's jump into our resources of the week. Amy, your resource of the week is... Mine is an event that's already passed, but is available on demand. It was a uh, Voice of the Martyrs broadcast where they they hosted some uh, formerly imprisoned Christians who shared their experiences. It was called Imprisoned for Christ. President Andrew Brunson, who is no uh, yeah. no stranger, he's at- I held the door for him in Birmingham. I, I remember you did. Because you were with me and we were like- <laughs> Yes, we were walking. I think it was, it was you and Keith and me and I want to say maybe Nathan Finn yeah. or somebody. Because he was speaking at the pastor's conference. Right, right. And he we walked through and you did hold the door open and then we all just kind of stopped like, that's Andrew Brunson. So yeah. uh, anyway. He's recognizable. Anyway, this is an event. It was designed to engage Christians in prayer and advocacy for the thousands of men and women who are imprisoned for their faith globally. And then they had these uh, these people speaking about their experiences. So it was a um, – it, so it – so many people said they found the event eye-opening, and uh, there were some Southern Baptist churches that did some events at their church yeah. about this, things like that. A lot but, of churches hosted but events. just because you, you know, just because you didn't get to see it if you weren't part of an event or didn't catch it live, you can still watch it because it's available on demand. So we will include a story about that that has a link to it. Yep. Voice of the Martyrs does a great job uh, with missionaries and, and those in Christian persecution all over the world and uh, partner with IMB quite a bit as well uh, overseas. So uh, that's a great resource there, Amy. My resource of the week is kind of a four-part series that we did over at Baptist Press this week. Realize uh, we're recording this on March 11th, and that is the one-year anniversary of, we talked about it last week, of basically when when America stopped. Yeah. When when the, the brakes got put on everything. One of those, where were you? Yeah. And I was racing to get home after church, talking to you, like, what's going on? What, what's the president? You know, this thing happened in Oklahoma City with the, the Thunder game and everything. And we're trying to figure all that out. And and wow. And here yes. we are a year later. I have, I have and we've two, got a series on two this. really distinct moments I remember. I remember the, the news that was dropping that one day when the NBA canceled. And you just had this sense. But it wasn't quite. You were like. Is this going to happen everywhere? What you knew, but you weren't sure how it would play out. But the the big moment for me, I may have even talked about it on here, was when I was in one part of my house and I could hear the yelling from the other side of the house because the ACC tournament 
had just been, which I think had no spectators by this point, but the ACC tournament had just been canceled right before Clemson was about to take the floor. And Uh Mary was not happy. The screaming was not from Keith, I'm going to guess. Mary was not happy. And so when that happened, and because it happened so quickly, that's kind of the moment you realized this dominoes are about to fall. So, and by that weekend, we were sitting in our living room for worship. So Mm. it's kind of. Kind of crazy. Well, yeah, and you mentioned by that weekend in the living room for worship, there, uh, the story I wrote, I wrote one of these four stories on uh, COVID-19 a year later, uh, it mentions Dr. Floyd. It's kind of a neat little thing. He was actually filling in the pulpit, because we were without a pastor at that time, Jay Hardwick had not come, at Forest Hills. So Dr. Floyd was preaching the month of March. He had preached on the 1st of March, wasn't there on the 8th. Willie preached on the 8th at our church. And Dr. Floyd, he had a commitment already in Louisiana. So he comes back and he's going to preach on the 15th. Well, everything shuts down. So he's preaching to a phone screen or, or, you know, basically a a camera in an empty room. That week, the 8th, I mean the 15th, the 22nd, and the 29th. So he did his preaching, his four gigs at at our church. And people came for the first one and never showed up after (laughs) after that. Never came back and saw him. So <laughs> it's a little anecdote at the end of that story um, that you should check out about that. So uh, it's pretty funny. But um, yeah, that that was a that was a wild time. And I think you know, there's probably many of you listening who know where you were that night, that Wednesday night on March 11th. Uh, you know, leaving church or headed home, and the president's going to be speaking and addressing the nation at eight o'clock, and everybody's trying to scramble to get in front of a TV. And um, here we are a year later. Amazing. All right. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. All right. Well, that's going to do it for our show this week. Amy, it's good to have you here in town. Always good to have you live and in person here in Nashville. And uh, we hope, everybody, that you'll be joining us in Nashville in June for the SBC annual meeting. Again, registration is open. Go ahead and get that done. Get your SEND conference registration done. SENDconference.com, SBCAnnualMeeting.net. Check it out. Get registered. Get everybody set because, Amy, decisions are made by those who show up. That's right. Folks, we'll see you next week. See you next week.